listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com. For those of you who don't know, my name is Ian. Um, I'm a part of the pastoral team at Church at the Well. If you were here last week, you'll know I'm just getting back into the groove of things. It was my first time kind of emceeing here at Letty Beach. This is my first time preaching. And I'll tell you what, when we gather together for a sermon and for worship, uh, there's a few things that happen. So hopefully the teaching is good, right? Hopefully the teaching is at least good enough to move us into conversation, right? Like a good sermon isn't something you're getting all the answers from, but it's a good conversation starter, right? But more than all of that, my hope and my prayer is that God has a fresh word for us today because I look out and then I also kind of recognize where I'm standing or seated this morning and I know the burdens that any number of us can bring to a Sunday, right? And I, I think probably the last thing you need is me to give y'all a real fancy talk. What y'all probably need is to hear a fresh word of grace, that there's hope that's possible for whatever you're going through and that God is walking with you in the midst of whatever you're going through. So that's not a part of my notes this morning, but I think that the Spirit of God has a word for us today. He has a word for you today. And I'll tell you what, I need a word from God today. So how many of you are with me? Um, Let's just pray before we jump into this morning's sermon. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that your presence is with us. We thank you that as we turn to your word, as we gather to worship you together, that your spirit is in our midst and just has the capacity to step into wherever we at, however we have been, whatever we have been going through, whatever we have been dealing with, and to speak a word of grace, of salvation, of renewal, redemption. And we invite your spirit to speak to our hearts today, wherever we might be, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, So, as you know, we've been going through a series looking at names of God throughout Scripture. I incorrectly stated last week that these are names that people give God. Sometimes they're names that someone says, you know, God spoke to me in this place, and, and I am now going to call this place Jehovah Shalom. And there are other times in which God reveals himself. Um, in a certain way, and, and, and we're going to turn to a passage this morning in, in which God states his name. And so uh, we're going to be looking at the name Yahweh. Uh, for the name of, of a name of God that's used in Scripture, the name Yahweh is used more often than any other name uh, throughout Scripture. And the, the name Yahweh, it comes from a Hebrew word, which means I am. So it translates as I am. And, and it actually comes from the, the Hebrew word itself is actually just four Hebrew consonants. It's yod, hey, va, hey. And so if you were to transliterate that, it would just be the letters y, h, w, h. And so we add vowels. We buy a vowel and we get a vowel to help us in the pronunciation of Yahweh. So yod, hey, va, hey, and, and it's often transliterated as that, the y, 
H-W-H. But if you're reading throughout the throughout your Bible, most of your Bibles, you will see throughout the Old Testament, you'll see this, this thing that happens. It's a Lord spelled out, Lord, in all capital letters. How many of you have recognized that in your Old Testament Bible? Um, so whenever you see that, that is this word. This, that is this name for God, Yod, Hey, Va, Hey. And so whenever you see Lord spelled out in all capital letters, uh, in the Old Testament, it appears over 6,500 times, right? And so a lot of the other names we've been looking at, they've been, you might see them once, maybe a, a few times throughout Scripture, but this name for God, Yahweh, we see a, appearing a significant amount of times. And this becomes the primary kind of personal name for God that's, that's used in the Old Testament. And it has its origin in a story in the book of Exodus. This is the second book in the Bible. And it comes from Moses asking God his name. What's your name? And we're going to jump into that today. And so I think you have a scripture on your handout. Uh, if you have your Bible and you prefer to turn to it in your Bible, that is encouraged as well. And this is... Exodus chapter 3. We're going to start reading in verse 1. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. Moses said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at that. I wonder why he wanted to look at a bush that was burning and not being consumed. Um, so he, he wants to look at it. Why is the bush not burned? When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you're standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So God's revealing himself to Moses. This is who I am. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. I'm imagining that some of us would probably be a little freaked out as well. Verse uh, 13, Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to him? God said to Moses, I am who I am. Well, thanks, God. That's really helpful. I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. Yahweh has sent me to you. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Now, we could spend a lot of time going over the etymology, the theology of the name Yahweh, but um, we only have a time for, a, a, as Adam calls it, a sermonette, right? A mini sermon, because we're going to break off into some dis discussion groups. But we, we even have this like fancy theological name for this Hebrew name for God, which is the, does anyone know it? The fancy theological name? You get bonus points today if you know it. Anyone? Yes. 
Tetragrammaton. Woo woo. I uh I think that would be if any of y'all are looking for a really cool like name for like a like a a metal album, like Tetragrammaton has got to be up there, right? It's a fun name, but um because we only have time for a sermonette, um we're just going to look at how God reveals himself in Yahweh's and explore some of the moments in this story where we might learn something about who God is, and as well as how he might be revealing himself to us, whether that's as a church family or something specific as individuals. Now, if you've read the chapters leading up to Exodus chapter 3, if you've read chapter 2, you may remember that chapter 2 ends with the people of Israel and Moses not being in a very good place. Chapter 2 ends with Moses. Moses um, kind of grew up in, in royalty, in Egyptian royalty, but his people, the Israelites, were enslaved uh, by Egypt. And he has this moment where he looks out the, at the injustice that he sees, and he commits murder. So he kind of responds to violence by violence. So it kind of chapter 2 ends with Moses fleeing, and he, be, he becomes essentially a, a refugee. He's in exile. So it, chapter 2 ends with Moses in a bad place, and it ends with the people of God, the people of Israel enslaved in Egypt, which is probably one of the worst places you could be as a human, right? One of the worst things you can experience. It's probably one of the the most dehumanizing things you could ever go through. And so that's where chapter 2 ends, is with the people of Israel enslaved and them crying out to God. Now, there, the chapter does end with a glimmer of hope in which the people of God are, are crying out to God for rescue. And it says this. This is how chapter 2 ends. And God hears their cry. Now, that's where we... That's where we arrive in chapter 3, this verse in which God reveals himself as I am. Now, the people of Israel and Moses, they find themselves in an unimaginable place. I'm sure that that is not a place they would have hoped to imagine their life would be, right? And it ends with Moses in exile, chapter 2 ends with Moses in exile, not a good place. The people of Israel enslaved. Not a good place. Now, hopefully, none of us have experienced the that depth of that sort of tragedy and probably never will. Um, but can you relate in any capacity to finding yourself in a situation that you could have never imagined? Maybe some of us, maybe the last 15 months, some of us could relate to finding ourselves in a situation we could have never imagined. Y'all with me? Anyone? Yeah? Right? And when things are not going well or as expected, Moses finds himself, the people of God find themselves. But I imagine that many of us know what it's like to find ourselves in an unimaginable place. And maybe that's where you or I, or we are at today, when things have taken a sudden turn for the worse. Those experiences that are world-shaking, shattering experiences, right? Um, for many of us, the pandemic, the last 15 or so months, they, that has been that type of experience for us. Some more than others, right? 
Um, for other of, others of us, it might be a phone call you get. Uh, uh, around, almost 10 years ago, my wife and I, we got a phone call while we were watching a movie in our living room that her father was unexpectedly in the hospital, in the ICU, and he was going to die. That's the phone call that we got. A, ch a world-shaking, shattering experience. A phone call you receive or you get a call or a visit from the doctor and, and you get the diagnosis, right? Like, or someone you love gets the diagnosis. Not a diagnosis, like the one that when you know, things are never gonna be the same again, right? Or in a moment when a relationship is imploding, whether it's between a parent and a child or between spouses or between friend and friend, in unimaginable place, those moments when certainty seems to be stripped away and you know your world and your life will never be the same again. It's in that place that God reveals himself to Moses. And it's in that place that God reveals himself to Moses specifically as Yahweh. He grew up in royalty, but when God reveals himself to Moses, he's a shepherd on the outskirts of the wilderness in exile. And it's on that ground that God introduces himself, reveals himself to Moses, says, I am the self-existent one. Now, here's the thing. I think what God was trying to do was not setting the stage for 1,500, 3,000 years later, homies to come up with the name Tetragrammaton. I don't think that's what God is trying to do here. I think God is revealing himself as I am to a people, to Moses, to a people who are crying out to God for help, who have found themselves in an unimaginable place. Now, I am, we could talk a little bit about what that means. I am is just God as self-existent. And it's not just that God is present with Moses. It's not just that he is with him in that unimaginable place, but in the midst of an, un an unimaginable place, I am the one, the self-existent one, the one who is uncreated, the one who has the power to imagine and create the entire universe. I am. That is the one who is standing with Moses. And with the one who has the power to imagine and create the universe reveals himself to Moses as I am, as Yahweh, that same one. He has the power to begin the process of being able to imagine that a new world is possible. That whatever life-shattering situation, moment, Moses, the people of God, found himself that the one who had the power to create, the, to imagine and create the universe becomes a catalyst now to begin to hope, to hope for whatever renewal needs to take place, to begin to hope for whatever reconciliation needs to take place, to begin to hope for whatever redemption, salvation needs to take place. This is how God is revealing himself to Moses. And it's on that ground that Moses realizes the ground I'm standing on is holy ground. It's in an unimaginable place on the outskirts of the wilderness 
but God reveals himself as Yahweh, and it's on that ground. Now, there's an ancient uh, rabbinical tra- tradition that I love, and it says there are actually burning bushes all around us, and that in this story, Moses had simply slowed down long enough to recognize it, to recognize it. Now, here's the thing. We aren't called as, follower, as followers of Jesus or as a people who are pursuing faithfulness to God. We're not called to seek out or to celebrate suffering, but suffering has a way of slowing us down. Perhaps you're in that unimaginable place right now. A question, what if it's not your job to fight and claw your way out of that place? What if that's not your job, but instead your job is to slow down long enough to hear a word from Yahweh, I am, that renewal, redemption, reconciliation, salvation is possible for you. Now, before I wrap up, which is supposed to be a sermonette, right? I don't have a watch on me. Y'all can tell me. Um, This name Yahweh, I am, it isn't just found in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament as well. And I want to take you to a story in the Gospel of John when Jesus Jesus takes some serious heat for something he says. And we read about it in John 8, verses 54 through 58, which I'm going to read right now. Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. So Jesus is coming out strong here. Though you do not know him, he's talking to the religious elite of the day. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like like you. Okay, Jesus real trying to make friends here. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. What? What on earth is Jesus saying here? 57. You are not yet 50 years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham? Verse 58. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, But Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Did you catch that? Y'all caught that, right? It's it's pretty obvious. I'm not going to even explain it. Jesus reveals himself as I am. In verse 58, he is claiming the name of God for himself. And this outrages. There's a caterpillar on me. Oh, my gosh. There's a seven days article about these crazy, gross caterpillars uh, this week. Nasty. Okay. Where was I? I'm going to look at, I should look at my notes, right? So he's claiming the name of God for himself, and this outrages the religious group of the day. And in Exodus 3, when God reveals himself to Moses as I am, I mentioned this, right? I suspect God's intentions were not to create like a future possibility for the word tetragrammaton, right? Now, I also suspect that Jesus, what he's doing here is he's not ascribing himself as I am so that we can then be, okay, now we have uh, something that we can fit into our Christology and put it on our statement of faith on our website so y'all can check out whether or not uh, this church is heretical or not, right? And so we're like, okay, let's check off the box on whether or not Jesus is self-existent. 
important to know, important to have good theology, right? But I, I don't think what Jesus is doing is hoping that one day uh, you could go to wellchurchvt.com and go to our, click on our statement of faith and make sure that we click the box, okay, self-existent, and then reference John 8, verse 58. No, I think Jesus is doing something else, that God is revealing himself in Exodus 3 as Moses and to the people of God. He's revealing himself to them in a moment of tremendous suffering as the one who is coming to rescue them, creating a new future for them, and he has the power to back it up because it's the same power that brought the universe into existence. In the same way, Jesus reveals himself as I I am, not just so we can have self-existent on our statement of faith on our website, he's revealing himself to us as the one who has come to the rescue and the backup to his claim is in his death and his resurrection. In his death, we see the selfless, unconditional love of God revealed and in the resurrection, Jesus' claim that he has come to the rescue to bring redemption, renewal, and salvation is secured and proven. He has the power to back up his claim that is good news church can I get an amen wherever you find yourself in whatever you're longing for redemption renewal salvation right Jesus reveals himself as I am the one who can back up that claim because the resurrection backs up that claim when Jesus goes to the cross it's showing the world that the power of God the power of Yahweh is is fueled by selfless unconditional love. And in Jesus' resurrection, we are assured in our hope that a new world is being created, a world shaped by the selfless and unconditional love of God, and that this world comes to us in whatever shattered and broken state we find ourselves in. We are ensured that we're invited into rescue by Yahweh, by I am. Can I get an amen? Amen. Um, I'm going to pray, and then uh, Abby's going to come right up and give us some instructions for our, our breakout groups. God, we thank you that you reveal yourself to us, not when we have it all together, but you reveal yourself to us as I am, the self-existent one, the one who imagined and created the universe, the one who showed your love to us by going to the cross selflessly on our behalf, displaying the unconditional love, and in your resurrection have assured us have proven that you have the power to back up your claim that you have come to rescue as we imagine a new world where salvation, redemption, renewal, reconciliation takes place. God, we open up our hearts, whatever broken, shattered spaces we would hope to bring to you and cry out to you for rescue for this morning. Some of us very real tangible needs. Some of us who are walking through it world-shaking, earth-shattering experience, and our only hope is to cry out gutturally for you to help us, God. We thank you that you reveal yourself to us in that place, and the ground we are standing on is holy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community. 